Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Michelle Nay, and you're tuned into Christ Over Culture, your destination for faith, news, and pop culture. I am so excited because we have a special guest today, and this is a guest that I have been wanting on the podcast for a very long time, and we finally made it happen. So I think that what he will share today is going to be so powerful. He has a new book out this year in 2020 called Talk to Yourself. It may be the best conversation you have all day. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Robert Harper the second. Robert, welcome to Christ Over Culture. Appreciate the invitation, Michelle. This is this is good. This is long overdue, but I'm happy to be here with you on Christ Over Culture. Thank you. So Robert, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and the book that you just released this year. Yeah. Uh, my name is Robert Harper II, born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm a minister, motivational speaker, uh, graduated from the University of Houston, educator for some time, taught in, high, taught in the high school system for a little bit. And recently, I'm an, I'm an author now, and I wrote this new book called Talk to Yourself. Talk to Yourself is a book geared towards trying to combat negative thinking, right? Lack of belief in, in our abilities and what God has called us to, right? So I just know that if we can we can talk ourselves out of some things, but also know by our thoughts we can talk ourselves into some good things. And so I wanted to write a book that can really resonate with people and where they are, meet them where they are, but just uh, not leave them there, right? And so um, I'm talking to the to the reader in the book, but also in the book, if you read it, it's it's the section where I always say, "Say this to yourself," right? Because I just think it's important to not not only that you get it from from me, but that you internalize it, that you believe it that you will make a difference, that you can make a change. And it's like an affirmation, some prayer that a person can listen, the person can read and just remind themselves of what needs to be their daily thoughts. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Uh, But yeah, so many other reasons, but I'm sure we'll get into that on the podcast. Yes. So let's go ahead and dive into it. So why (laughs) did you feel like this was a book that was necessary for today? You know, it's funny that you said today, right, for 2020. And there's so many different things going on right now in our world with recent events. 2020 has took us on a roller coaster of events, right, with just the, the presidential, whether it's the presidential race, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's African-American police brutality. Well, no, no, no matter what it, it might be, we've all felt the pressure of 2020. And so I didn't know all those things were going to take place this year. And how they would how they would uh, transpire, but God did right, and so I, I decided to drop the book in January, and and I'm like, okay, okay, God, it's March, and we're in a pandemic. We can't, I can't push the book like I want to. I, I had all these interviews set up, places I want to go, you know, people I want to meet, and God put that on hold. And so I think what's so God has a sense of humor because He's just saying like to me is that people need this kind of book right now. You know, in 2020, in a pandemic, uh, people are at, at home, they're talking to themselves. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's not always positive, right? People are dealing with anxiety and perhaps depression and sadness. And uh, they're looking at the cup half empty instead of half full. And so they're trying to figure out how to navigate through that space with their children, their job. And, and just, you know, this new normal that we're in right now and still maintaining their faith, right? And so I think that this book can help facilitate that, just talking to yourself, reminding yourself of how God sees you, how he feels about you, and uh, and what he wants for your life. And so 
Uh, that's the one of the reasons why I decided to write the book. It's why I think it's so necessary, especially in 2020. But but before 2020, I just looked at you know other people. I, I surveyed the people I was talking to, and I would have these conversations, and people would tell me about their dreams, their goals, their ambitions, things that they really wanted to do. And I was locked in. I'm like, I'm listening and I'm excited about their dreams and everything that they're going to do. But eventually, somewhere in the conversation, they would always say, but, you know, but. And and I would get, you know, so kind of like sad about that. Right. Because I'm thinking to myself that, you know, people won't realize the greatness that's, that, that's within you. You know, your dreams, your your goals, your ambitions that you have won't be brought out into the world simply because of your inability to, to believe. Right. And so for me, I just said, how can we get people to believe on a really subconscious level, right? Uh, I'm a firm believer that actions exposes belief. Actions exposes belief. That if you actually believe, your actions will follow, right? And so uh, when people say, I want to do this, I need to do this, God has told me to do this, and you're not doing anything, you may believe it on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, there's something, there's some opposition, there's some obstacle that's causing you not to truly believe like you should believe, like God has you know, instructed you to believe, right? And so I just want to help people navigate through that space. And people have told me that, you know, talk to yourself, the book has been like a devotional for them in the morning time, just to kind of, you know, renew their mind in the morning, start the day right, whether they're getting ready to go to the job or deal with the kids, just to kind of set their mind on, on the right track. And also from a personal reason standpoint too, I wrote the book because I felt like there were, there were doors that I couldn't walk through, Michelle, like this doors I couldn't walk through unless I had a certain level of belief within myself. And I feel like there were things that were blocking that. I remember on one occasion, one of my mentors just looked at me and said, hey, you got to start believing what other people, what other, you got to start seeing yourself the way other people see you. And that really resonated with me because I don't think we always do that, right? Like I think when we look at ourselves, we look at ourselves from the standpoint of, yeah, we see our accomplishments. We see our Yes, we may see our accomplishments and the things that we're doing well in, but a lot of times we see our failures. We see our shortcomings. We see our trauma. We see, you know, our, our upbringing, right? And so sometimes that can be a hindrance into us really, you know, living the life that we want to live. And so uh, I just had to kind of try to break free from that and uh, those mindsets and that thinking. And so hopefully not only will this book, it's helped me, it's been therapeutic, helped in writing it. And so I'm hoping that the book will be a blessing to others too. Yeah, you said something that really just like jumped out at me. And that was that actions expose belief. And Mm. I think that that is so true. And I also think that it's so much of a trigger because a lot of us, especially those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we do have a lot of goals. We do have a lot of ambitions. But a lot of times I hear us as believers in Jesus Christ hesitate to start things, for example, like to write that book or to start that podcast or to get out there and speak and share what God has given to us. Because even though we say we believe in Jesus Christ, there's something deep down in us that isn't really confident or we just don't know how it's going to get done. And so I think that the actions exposes belief is like just a short phrase that people can think about. And it's almost a check, like, yo, are my actions exposing my belief, good or bad? What are my actions saying about me? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So tell us, do you have a favorite chapter in the book? And if you do, tell us a little bit about that and 
why it's your favorite? My favorite chapter is chapter eight, and it's, it's called Just Be Yourself. And one of the reasons I, I like that chapter so much, I think as individuals, especially as young African-American males, I think it's sometimes it's challenging to really navigate in this space to where you really feel like you're being your authentic self. There's so much pressure coming at you, so much, so many different things from your upbringing that can really cause you to just conform to what's around you. And so um, I like Just Be Yourself because even though it sounds like it's something easy to do, it's not so easy to do, right? We kind of use it loosely, you know? You get ready for a job interview. Oh, just be yourself. You're getting ready to go meet someone on a date. Hey, just be yourself. You'll be fine. And uh, and so what does that mean? <laughs> you know, when I have all these influences and I'm inundated with different things all around me. And, and so I like just be yourself. I, I give a few principles in that chapter that I, keep, I think that can really help people navigate through that space, you know, about accepting of oneself, about being sincere, about uh, a growing and, and developing yourself as you as wanting to be the best version of yourself, uh, not settling. And there's some other things that I share in, in the book as well, but that chapter, but I think it's really, really affirming as an, okay, I can authentically be myself. And, uh, you know, you know, I like the, 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 the name culture, Christ over culture, right? I was just talking to a, a group of our young people at our church and the high school, college age, something, you know, around that age group, right? And I was just telling them the impact that they can make on the culture. And it's just something that dropped in my spirit was like, okay, hey, culture can try to disrupt your faith. You know, culture can try to disrupt your faith. I said, but if you know what you want, if you know who you are, you know whose you are, you can take your faith and disrupt the culture, right? And, and I wanted to share that with them to let them know that you have gifts and abilities and talents and people need that. You know, we need yourself. We need who you, what you bring to the table. And you can still be you. You know, sometimes I think young people, they, they kind of fear the living this Christian life because I think that's for their parents, you know. But I'm saying, no, you can. We need what you bring to the table right now and the people that you're going to influence and impact. And so I really believe that, you know, Christ over culture, that you, we can take our gifts and our abilities with that, that, that God has blessed us with and really use it to glorify God and also do much good for people. Right. So I like that chapter, chapter eight, it just kind of gives you that permission, like just be you, just be yourself, you know, and what that means, what that, what that, uh, uh, what that looks like. So I would say chapter eight is my favorite chapter. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. And that just made me think about social media and how we live mm. in a society that can make you feel like you have to conform in order to be popular or to mm -hmm. followers or to make some type of splash. But really, as believers, we are called to impact the culture instead of mm -hmm. letting like the culture disrupt our faith and disrupt us. So one of the things that um, I'm curious about is, you know, with the book being talk to yourself, you know, it's, it may be the best conversation you have all day. I'm going back to what you kind of said in the beginning around there okay. are things in our life in our lives that kind of cause us to see the glasses half empty or to say things or think about things that aren't like Christ like about ourselves whether it's mm -hmm. we're not too, we're not pretty we're not rich enough we're not cute enough we're not smart enough you know whatever the mm -hmm. the case may be and so I'm wondering from your perspective, kind of where therapy fits in to this conversation and especially mm. for men and um, young men 
not having the best thoughts about himself or he doesn't know where to start. Yeah, just if you would speak to a person like that. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm pretty much speaking to myself, right? I believe we all can afford to to get some counseling. And we think counseling in the technical sense, like, oh man, you need some help. Something's wrong with you. You know, there's like this, this, this stereotype that we put on people who say they go to counseling. And, and the Bible supports counseling. Like good counsel is good, right? We need wisdom. Sometimes we just need someone's other, another perspective that we're in it. When we're in it, sometimes we can't see everything. And so we're so, so we just need somebody to kind of a little bit wiser that's removed from the situation that can kind of help us navigate those thoughts. And so I would just tell anybody, especially you talking young men, is that it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that it's not a form of weakness. Like it's, it's more so a, strong, a form of strength so that you can be in a position to be better for the people in your life. What do they say? They say what the, uh, the clearest definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And for some of us as men, we can be stubborn. We can act like we're hard, like we know it all. And it's like you keep doing the same thing, messing up the same people <laughs> and just, you know, just different faces, right? And so like at some point, I've got to say, no, I need some good counsel. Like I need someone to help me navigate uh, this thing called life. And so I think it's important, you know, to get that good counsel, to make sure we have some people in our lives that are not biased, that can really look at our situation, godly wisdom, godly information that can say, okay, hey, this is how you should navigate. These are the choices you should make. You need to take a pause for a second and realize that the choice that you're getting ready to make in this moment is how the impact is going to have on you down the road, right? And it's just that that simple. Sometimes it's just that simple enough to pause and to say, okay, hey, this particular decision, <laughs> this particular mindset that I'm having right now, what are the ramifications? Like, what's the consequences of, 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 of continuing in this particular decision, right, down the long run? And so what are the consequences for myself? What are the consequences for the people that I love and I care about, uh, for my future wife, for my future children? And we have to think about those things. And we talk about being men, being leaders. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy, especially when, like you said before, we're so inundated with so many wrong perspectives and ideas about what manhood looks like and what it's supposed to be. And so I would just share with people, deal with your stuff. You know, ask God to break your heart of everything that breaks his heart. Like ask him to show you you, search you, right? And I think just asking for that wisdom puts you in a better position for life, right? For life, no matter what area of field you're called to serve in, you just be a better person. You know, it may be tough, it may be challenging, but at the end of the day, it's worth it dealing with stuff that you need to deal with. Going to therapy, it, it uproots some stuff, right? And sometimes we don't want to deal with that. Sometimes it, it means accountability and the, 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 the pain of taking responsibility for your life can sometimes be more painful than the initial pain. Right. Because we've gotten used to sitting in the pain and being a victim and and people helping us and people feeling sorry for us and having a pity party and saying, this is why I'm not where I should be because of these people or this happened to me. And I'm just saying, like, no, like it may not be your fault, but it's 100 percent your responsibility to do something about it. And, and unfortunately, as, as men, we can literally sacrifice peace, prosperity and purpose simply because we're stuck on the fact that it's not my fault, right? I am who I am because my uncle said this to me or my dad did this to me or this person did this. And it's like, okay, are you going to let them hijack your life? Are you going to let them hijack your happiness and your success and all the things that God would have for you? 
simply because you refuse to go seek counsel, you refuse therapy. And so I would just tell people, no, like go to therapy. It's okay. It's a safe place, right? Uh, and I would, I would, I would be prayerful about who I who I ask to to seek that counsel from, you know. But but at the end of the day, find someone that you really believe that can really pour into you God's word, good godly wisdom. I've been on this wisdom kick, really studying the Book of Proverbs, and wisdom does so much for us. <laughs> wisdom is just the application of knowledge, and so it's kind of like okay, wisdom can exalt us, wisdom can can help us. Wisdom can protect us. Wisdom can keep us healthy. You know, wisdom keeps us. It is so much that wisdom does for us. And if we take advantage of good counsel and good godly wisdom, it can really be a blessing to our lives. So. Wow. So much there. I want to ask just a a more targeted question based on that, because you're a black man. Black Uh men have been a target in this country for a long time, what are some of the things that you've had to tell yourself in like the wake of George Floyd and us seeing Ahmaud Arbery and so many before those men who whose lives were taken this year? What are some of the things that you've had to say to talk to yourself during kind of this stretch of time in our culture as a black man in America? Yeah. Uh, man, I just have to be, I have to remind myself of who I am of who God, who, who I am in Christ, right? Because to be honest, if you don't, I, I firmly believe that as black men in this country, there's a certain level of PTSD that we live with. It just is, maybe black people in general. There's a certain level of, of anxiety and stress that comes with just being an African-American in this country. And, you know, I talk to my, my, my white friends and I say, when, you, when a police car gets behind you, how do you feel? I don't, I don't feel any way. You know, I said, well, when I see a police car get behind me, I'm automatically anxious. I'm automatically stressed out. I'm automatically on 10 because I'm thinking, what can the situation, you know, what can happen in this situation, especially if I'm in a dark area or it's late at night and, and I'm by myself. You know, these thoughts are already going in my mind. And so I think just being in prayer for me has been has been super, super key. Like, OK, God. Uh, I have to remind myself of who I am, even if they I'm not waiting on someone else to validate me. And that's kind of that chapter eight, too. I talk a little bit about that in chapter eight, like this idea of being validated from someone that's that, that's that's tried to marginalize you your, your entire life. You know, so it's like, OK, well, if, if if I gave I gave an example in chapter eight where I had a speaking opportunity and it was at a college and uh, speaking at a graduation and this, this, the, the guy that walked in was like the CEO of this particular college. It was a trade school and, uh, you know, for, for nursing program and things of that nature. So he walks in the room and he's like a middle-aged white man. And immediately, but she like immediately I became like inferior within me. Like I felt like I was less than just because of his presence. And I had to literally talk to myself, <laughs> talk to myself and remind myself of who I am. Like of who I am, and, and that that was because I struggled with that. I said, "Man, you know, he's not gonna laugh at my jokes. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna understand where I come from. We don't, we don't speak the same language." And all these thoughts of insecurities and lack and doubt, and am I enough, start to rise up within me. And so finally, I just had to remind myself, like, "Hey, they called me. They called me in here. I'm here to do a job. They wouldn't have called me if they didn't think I could do it." You know, I had to remind myself of who I am in Christ. Like, I'm, I'm more than enough. If God is for me, who can be against me? I just had to really speak to myself in that moment, because if I didn't, then I would have been operating from this place of 
this chip on my shoulder, right? And and I didn't want to move and operate that way with him. It's like, hey, I, I know who I am and I don't need to validate myself, you know, to you. You know, so I would just tell anybody, remind yourself of who you are, <laughs> of who you are and what you're capable of and the impact you can make in the world. And yeah, that, that's where I would start. Yeah, that's great. I think that with just being an African-American, even woman myself, I think that for a long time, I didn't know scriptures as I do it do now. So I wasn't quite sure who I was, but I had tied who I was to my accomplishments or my degrees or things of that nature. But mm-hmm. I think it's really important in addition to what you said to think about what does God say about you? If all those things are stripped away, sometimes it can be hard to understand who you are or if you're mm-hmm. new in the faith or if you don't know who God is. I think that it's okay to give yourself grace to walk through the process. Like you might mm-hmm. have um, tied your worth or, you know, your identity or your self-esteem to kind of what you do. But I would just challenge our listeners as you have today to think about what does God say about you and take some mm-hmm. time and maybe do a deeper dive into encouraging scriptures from the Bible or what does God say about me? You can even Google that and look up scriptures. Right, right. So that you have that in your arsenal, even if you get in a situation where, let's say you're going toe-to-toe with somebody who has the same credentials. What's the differentiator? Oh, you're a kingdom citizen. You're a child of God. You know the word and you can say that and you can fight whatever insecurities or enemies come up against you. And so I would just encourage our listeners to say, hey, you know, you might be here. You may not believe in God at all. You may have tied your self-worth to either how other people perceive you or how you've perceived yourself based on where you are in life, but challenge yourself to adopt a kingdom mindset in terms of what Christ says about you, because that's Mm going to get you through those fights when you're going toe-to-toe in a situation like that. So, I I love that. How you just said, like, I remind yourself, bring it to your memory. And that's that's so important to know the word, too, because then you have some type of arsenal to fight. And to combat these thoughts, when you say to yourself, okay, hey, I'm loved. Like, God loves me right now, fully and completely, like right now. He's not waiting on me to become a better version of myself to love me more. Like, sometimes we live with that inadequacy. Like, we feel like we got to do more to please. Like, we have to do more than God will really love me. He'll be, he'll be happy. No, God loves you right now, fully and completely. And just reminding yourself that all things work together for good for those who are called and called are called according to his purpose, that he loves me, that I'm the apple of his eye, that, that, you know, he sings over me. He rejoices over me. Like these are things we just have to remind ourselves daily and say, okay, you know what? Hey, in God, I'm enough. Like I know me, I have some, insuffi- I have some, some shortcomings, but in Christ, like Christ makes up all of that. And uh, yeah, I think it's so powerful just having that in your mind to remind yourself because those negative thoughts will come, but it's about how to combat those negative thoughts when they do absolutely well i am so glad that the listeners today have an opportunity and will have an opportunity to um buy your book talk to yourself it may be the best conversation you have all day every day (laughs) it's so important ourselves of that and going into the holiday season i think it's really important to support faith-owned businesses black-owned businesses you know, businesses that are owned by men and women out here who are really fighting for the kingdom and fighting for humanity, you know, just reminding people like you are loved, you are cherished, 
you have a purpose. So I know that you have live on purpose conferences. So I know in 2020 that may look a little different, but if you can speak to kind of where that is. And as we close out, I just want you to share that and then where people can, can buy your book. Sure. You know, so we're doing a live on conference, live on purpose conference coming up in January. That's the plan. It's going to look a little bit different. It's going to be virtual, but that's the plan. That's the goal to have different speakers come in and really address some of the needs that we that we're all going through right now. Right. Being in 2020. And so hopefully that'll be a blessing to people. I'll just tell people to stay tuned to that. They can actually follow for more information. Live on purpose event on IG, Instagram. More information will be rolling out about that. Also, they can check the book out on Amazon. It's called Talk to Yourself. It may be the best conversation you have all day. If you just type in Talk to Yourself, it'll, it'll come right up. That's where they can, you know, um, get the book. They can follow me on IG, Robert Harper 2. I'm on Facebook. It's just Robert Harper. LinkedIn, Robert Harper. So I would love to connect with people. I tell people I'm a motivational speaker, minister. But at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just a servant. And I would love to like try to connect with people and meet people where they are. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Robert, for joining us today. You shared so much wisdom, even in the few minutes that we've had. So please go follow Robert. Check out the book on Amazon. Talk to yourself. It may be the best conversation you have all day. It could be a perfect gift item. Support, support, support. And make sure that you remind yourself of who God has called you to be. If you're interested in checking out Christ Over Culture, you can learn more about the podcast and all the things we have going on at ChristOverCulture.com as well as on Instagram at ChristOverCulture. I love you guys. I hope you have a happy holidays. Enjoy your reading. Enjoy your family safely um, in COVID-19. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. I truly appreciate your time today. Bye.